the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Stop the cap. Who?
Brandon, why don't you go ahead and start us off, recap quickly, because I don't want to think about it too long, the 2022-23 season for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, so the Blues finished sixth in the Central Division out of eight teams. They finished with a record of 37-38-7 and overtime or shootout losses. That's 81 points on the year. They finished right in the middle of the pack, though, for goals for. So they were 16th out of 32 teams for goals for. When we saw the year before, I mean, we had eight 20-plus goal scores the year yeah. before and was top 10 on that list. So, I mean, that's a that's a big Good difference night. right there. Goals against 27th in the league. That's where the defense comes into play. That's where you saw fans, uh, the coaching staff, and even coaching changes that we're going to talk about a little bit later to the staff because goals against oh, 301 goals against. La- last thing here, we'll take a little bit deeper dive into some stats here. The simple rating system, It j- really what it does is it takes your goal differential and then your strength of schedule throughout the season okay. and puts it to a number. It was negative 0.47. That puts you 25th out of 32. Normally you want to be right around zero. Actually, mm-hmm. if you're right at a flat zero, you're probably top of the league or you're 82 and 0, or you're the Boston Bruins of last year. Mm. And then, I mean, you're also looking at three 20 plus goal scores, which again, I said we had eight the year before. I know defensively is where our struggles were, is where our worries are, but you look at it. Shin, Buchnevich, and Cairo were the three guys above 20 goals. You had Cairo at almost reaching the 40 goal mark. You want to see more of a, of a two way game from him, but you like what you saw offensively. Yeah, and, and I, I think when you're looking at the Blues team from last year, it's just completely different than what we've seen over the course of half of a decade. For the last five to six years, you see a well-disciplined team that keeps the puck out of their net, that is quick to get the puck up and out of their zone. Um, and you just didn't see that last year. I think last year you saw a lot of times you dreaded when a, uh, when a penalty was against the Blues for us to go on the PK. I mean, we were bottom 10 in the league in the PK, and and, and that's just not something you see from a Coach Burby coach team. And so I, I think it was uncharacteristic, to say the least. I think what you really want to see is it more of a two-way game, and I hope the guys will be playing like that. But that's kind of just a quick recap of, of what we saw by the numbers of last year. Dylan? I would just like to say one thing before I get into Blues talk. Can we acknowledge oh that Adam Wainwright – Got his waffle. He got 200 wins. He did. Well done. Right. Well done. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's blue season. Right. Have Moving on. For okay. Moving on. Have fun in the rocking chair. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Cardinals Hall of Fame. Okay. Just some more notes. So our only two players to play all 82 games last season were Braden Shin and Justin Falk. And Colton Pareko led in time on ice per game with an average of 23 minutes, which is pretty low for a top defensive pairing. Um, and Callie Rosen and Robert Bortuzzo were our only two defensemen who played at least 50 games and had a positive plus-minus rating. For those of you who don't know, plus-minus is the amount of goals that are scored versus amount of goals that are allowed when you're on the ice. So if you score two goals when you're on the ice and a goal is scored against when you're on the ice, that's a positive one plus-minus rating. Sure. So- and naturally, a lot of those guys just because some of them do have that negative plus-minus when you're on such a struggling sure. team, it doesn't always accurately portray yeah. what your how your season's looking like. It really is more so of a team number combined with how you're doing specifically. Sure. So if you're finding a super low plus minus, then that's one thing. But if there's something that's relatively even but in the negative, it doesn't necessarily mean as much, right, B? Yeah, and, and I think how you can recap a lot of these stats, because I know we're throwing a lot of numbers at you all, and really what what the big thing that we didn't see with this team was consistency. We would see we would see a stretch of three or four games where it looked like 
the Blues teams of a couple years ago, where we played our game. We held them to maybe maybe a goal or two here. Benner put Benner locked it down, and and defensively the the PK did what it needed to. And we've never been a team to roll out the superstars, but we found we've been a team that's found ways to win and just accumulated offense. Well, how about um, this? Right before the trade deadline, you talk about a streaky team. I think we won three or four in a row against sure. some really solid yeah. teams. And I'm not sure if it was – I think it was after we traded Tarasenko. And then we – so we trade Tarasenko, we win a couple of games, and I think people are thinking, okay, like maybe we can build off sure. of this. And yeah, then they yeah. traded O'Reilly – Everything fell apart. Yeah, that am was I it. right? Is that how that? Yeah, went? yeah. And and you're at the time you're thinking, well, maybe we can actually hang on to him and extend him for a couple of years. Remember, you're thinking like, Some well, people maybe we're thinking that. Sure, maybe we hang on to O'Reilly. Now, the front office was very clear that no matter it didn't matter what. Right, that's the a fan base was, perspective no, all day yeah, long. Exactly. He was gone. No matter what the absolutely. So what I'm hearing is trade Thomas and Kyrie for O'Reilly. Right that's now. that is not what we're whoa, saying whoa, one whoa, bit. That's whoa. not what we're saying one bit. And another area, guys, where there were some clear struggles last year was the special teams. I mean, yeah. Yeah. it was yeah. really rough at some times last season. The the penalty kill was well below average, about 5% below yeah. league average. Yeah. The power play was about 2% below league average last year. 19% of the time the Blues were scoring on the power play. Yeah. So below average there as well. The Blues gave up 14 shorthanded goals throughout the season. That's ugh. Which that, may, that might be the one that crin- makes me cringe yeah, the most out uh, yeah. of all. So basically, to conclude, special teams really rough last year. That's That's any competing team... Yeah. Any cup contender has to have a solid special teams. You have to be able to take advantage of the times where you're on the man advantage, and you have to be able to clean up for your team when a guy 100%. makes mistakes. And honestly, the best teams, they're not going to find themselves with a lot of guys in the box. Yeah. They're going to play clean hockey. The Blues did not play clean hockey last year, and as a result, well, they, they paid for it. Well, and I think a thing that was so strange and shocking to the fan base was the team from a roster structure didn't look that different. No. I mean, you brought back a majority of that roster, and 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 you look at it and you go, well, a lot of guys underperformed at the same time. Tell you one key piece we were missing. Hmm, don't you D- say DP it. Don't you say it. You guys oh, leave David man. Perron you know, alone. alone. It's been a long off season. One. I you forgot about our David you know, no. Perron discussion You leave him last in year. season two. Any loss this year, <laughs> it's because of Doug Armstrong trading. Stop That's it. why our power play stunk. Nobody Stop down it. there in the slot. Well, here's the thing, too, and I mean, it led to some coaching changes over the offseason. You look, Michael we- Mike Weber and Michael Babcock joined the Blues as assistant Hey-o. coaches and skills coach uh, for this upcoming season. The Blues went ahead and let uh, they parted ways with assistant coaches Greg McTavish and Mike Van Ryan in April. Mike Van Ryan working directly with that special teams unit. And so that's why you see the change. And it says something about what the front office thinks of the head coach yeah. by keeping him around and saying, okay, we're going to bring in a new regime for you. It, you don't see it as much in the modern day NHL anymore. There was uh, some interesting movement that the Blues had. I think that some people were surprised with the lack of movement. There wasn't as much yeah. movement, I think, as people thought. Sure. I think the hope was that the Blues were either going to try and acquire a piece. There wasn't necessarily much on the free agency Well, market. that happens when you have three first-round picks. Right, exactly. And I think people were hoping that there sure. was going to be a little bit more movement from those first-rounders. There wasn't. And I think that the obvious reason is that there probably wasn't a lot of interest. There right. wasn't a lot of movement in the NHL draft at all. So, you know what? If there's nothing out there worth your time, take your picks and you and you. You work with what you got, yeah, and that's what absolutely. Doug Armstrong did. The Blues did acquire Kevin Hayes from the Philadelphia Flyers for a fifth-round pick. 
50% of Hayes' contract was retained. That was by far the best part of that deal. Absolutely. What I thought was probably the most interesting part of the offseason was the almost deal that happened with the Flyers prior to that, where we almost acquired Travis Sanheim from Philly. Tory Krug was rumored to be a part of that deal. Sure. Rejected it because yeah. he has the no trade clause. Yeah. And that sure did make things interesting this offseason. Yeah, it, it did. And here's the thing I, I know a lot of people are upset about it, but if they didn't want him to use that clause, then they shouldn't have given it to him. I mean, uh, he has every right as a player in the modern day NHL with the NHLPA to use that. And, 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 and good on him. I mean, from a Blues perspective, I think. What, what everybody's talking about right now is they want Perunovic to step into that role. And here's what I would say. Pump the brakes. He is not a proven NHLer yet. And and now, do I think he is talented? And do I think, I mean, he won the Hobie Baker Award in, in the NCAA uh, Division One, which is it goes to the best player in the NCAA at, at the, in that season. And that happened about uh, three years ago now. And, and, and here's the thing. He's been dealing with injuries for two years. And so you look at it from a Blues perspective, the only place that hurts you is your wallet um, because you need cap space, but you're just like the other you know, 32 teams in the NHL. Yeah, and another offseason point to keep in mind is after the departure of Ryan O'Reilly via trade in the middle of last season, we were captainless the rest of the year. So in this offseason, we officially named Braden Shen the 24th captain in Blues history. Congratulations, Braden. Oh, captain, my captain. Yes, yes sir. He will lead the charge been my favorite. this. 2023-24 season. Favorite player on our team for a long time. I got a Stanley Cup jersey. Of hey, him. I probably have to get another one with the C on it. I'm looking I have it. or had a Vladimir Tarasenko mm. one with the cup oh, no. patch on it. Mm. I don't know where it is. You don't know? I think I lent it out Ottawa? in my time at Lindenwood and never got it back. Mm. It wasn't me. You can't trust college students, you can't. Ethan. You, you can't. just You really can't. Um, here's the thing. I mean, you know. <laughs> Two former college students. It's time for you to It's time. <laughs> You know, years. it's time for you to move on. Maybe that was symbolic. Maybe you can't hold on to the curve. past anymore, Ethan. It's gonna be worth a solid so six six dollars. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. <laughs> on eBay. Yeah. I wore that jersey to game four of the cup finals. Sentimental value. Go ahead, keep With talking. With the patch Brandon. already on it? No. <laughs> I, put it on oh, I put it on after. Got him. God. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You saw the shin thing coming. You could you could pro- you could see yeah. it coming. And, it, and and it's great. I mean, he is he when you think of a blues player, he, he is the epitome of one of, of what it looks like to be in that system. He's he's gritty. Oh, yeah. He gets in the dirty areas and he actually I mean, here's the thing from a physical physicality standpoint. I mean, he led your team in piddling minutes last year and yes, was sir. third on the team in hits. From your captain and a guy who's going to put up 20 goals a, a yeah, year. I love it. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's exactly who you want. It's going to be a different leader than an O'Reilly, a Petrangelo, or a Bacchus, but I love the move. Dylan said, inject this into my veins. One last <laughs> thing before we move into Andy Strickland, who's going to join us here in just a moment. There was a lot of talk at the deadline about trading pieces away and then re-signing them in the offseason. That did not happen at all. Well, Correction, we traded away pieces. We did not bring them back. <laughs> Nico Mikola signs with Florida. Ryan O'Reilly to Nashville. Ouch. Vladimir Tarasenko, otherwise known as good old tanked, according to Brandon. Big Daddy Vladdy <laughs> Natty Hattie is his name. Thank that you. one, too. He goes to Ottawa on a one-year deal. Is that right, Brandon? One-year yeah, yes. deal? Yep. Yeah, interesting. And then Nolachari to Pittsburgh. 
as well. And then also, we have to bring it up before we get into Andy Strickland. Sunny D is back. Yes, sir. sir. Come is on now. Back in a Blues jersey, and I am best so smile in the NHL. Oh my gosh, he's a beautiful man. Best smile in the NHL. Not even um, close. That's Don't and honestly, you know, we're having fun with it. That's going to be something to talk about later about the oh, impact absolutely. he's going to oh have gosh, on this team yeah. as an, a veteran leader leadership presence as well as what that does for the fourth line yeah which was such a strength for the blues a couple years ago when he was here 100%. on that 2019 cup team all right we'll be back in just a moment andy strickland from the st louis blues joining us when we return on the loose sports talk podcast All right, guys, we are now joined by Andy Strickland, the St. Louis Blues rinkside reporter for Valley Sports Midwest, as well as fellow podcast host of the Cam and Strick podcast. Andy, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, fellas. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. And obviously, it is exciting times in St. Louis. Obviously, you know, card season ending. No one likes that, but it's a good transition. The Blues getting underway here and... I don't know. Uh, I don't know too many people that aren't excited about that, but I'm curious to hear what you're excited about about this 2023-24 team. Well, there's a little bit of unknown. You know, you've got some new players, and Kevin Hayes being here, Joel Ho for the goaltender. You've got some guys that you know came on strong last season after they were you know acquired by the Blues and and Jakob Verana, Casper, and Kapanen. You know, you're curious to see what they can do. You know, in a full 82 games with this team. And, you know, listen, there's always the potential of the of the Kairos and the Thomases and the Buchnevich. You know, what kind of numbers are they capable of putting up? You've got a new captain right now in, in Braden Shen. So, you know, what kind of leader, what kind of captain is he going to be? So, listen, there's a lot to be excited about. There's certainly some unknowns. You know, this defense is going to have to be better. You know, we all know that. They weren't very good last season. Pretty much the same group coming back. You've got a younger Tyler Tucker. We'll see, you know, how he performs if given – an expanded role, but they're going to have to be better. Special teams are going to have to be better. So it's interesting. You talk to people around the league right now, they don't know what to think about this St. Louis team because there is so much unknown. They're so used to seeing this team, you know, being a perennial playoff team, a Stanley Cup contender. And I think there's a lot of, you know, curiosity in terms of what they're going to bring to the table. And I think a lot of teams are discounting maybe what they can bring and, and how much talent there is on this roster. So they're going to have to prove a lot of people wrong at the same time. And I'm excited to get things going. Yeah, Andy, thanks again for being on the show. This is Brandon Gallegos. I, you, you had mentioned, you know, the additions such as Kevin Hayes. And, and, and what do you expect Kevin Hayes to fit to be in this lineup? What value does he bring to the team and to this <laughs> locker room? It brings a lot of experience. brings a great personality. He's a, you know, one of those guys that everybody wants to hang out with and be around, keeps things loose. He's funny. You know, he's had a lot of success in the NHL, and you know, he's going to have an important role. You know, he's going to be a, a top-nine center. Uh, whether or not he factors into being you know, a second-line center or a third-line center, he's going to have an opportunity to play with good players. And you know, he's going to be asked to play the way that Craig Ruby expects from all his players to play in terms of being a heavy player who can hang on to pucks, be a guy who can get in on the forecheck, disrupt things that way, and chip in offensively. And, you know, you look at this team last season, they weren't very good on special teams, specifically the PK really struggled. And that's an area where, you know, Kevin Hayes has had some success in, in the past. He led the league, I think, one year in shorthanded goals. 
He didn't kill penalties last season under John Tortorella in Philadelphia, so he's hoping to get that opportunity this year. We'll see what you know what kind of role that you know Craig Berube you know carves out for him. But you know he's a guy. Listen, got also a little bit of a slow start in training camp. Just watching him, but then you start to see that experience show and start to see him come on, and he knows how to pace himself and what he needs to do to get himself ready to play an NHL schedule. So. I'm not too worried about Kevin Hayes. They got him at a discounted price. You know, I said several times, listen, I don't love Kevin Hayes at $7 million, but I certainly do like him a lot at 3 and, a half, and that's yeah. exactly what the Blues have in that. So, you know, again, an experienced player who knows how to play who's only going to help this team moving forward. We're joined by Andy Strickland on Twitter, at Andy Strickland. Andy, at times last season, Craig Berube wasn't hesitant to call out some of his star players, and specifically I'm talking about Jordan Kyrou and Robert Thomas here for not playing to the level that he felt that they were capable of, and honestly, with the amount of money that they're they're being paid. With this being the first season that Kyrou and Thomas are two of the main leaders on the team, being that specifically O'Reilly and Tarasenko are gone, do you expect them to continue taking on stronger leadership roles with this team? Well, they're going to have to. I mean, that's why the organization committed to them, you know? And you talk about the contract. I mean, this is the year where the big boy money kicks in and where they're making that $8.1 million each. That's a lot of money, you know, and, and they're expected to be stars in this league and to, you know, shoulder a lot of the load offensively and, you know, to kind of carry the things and set the tempo and, and, and set the tone for this team from an offensive standpoint. I mean, they've got a supporting cast. You've got guys, obviously, who play a lot of games in this league. You know, I didn't even mention, you know, the, the, the Brandon Sods of the world. You know, guys like uh, Sammy Blay. You know, Jake Neighbors is trying to find his way. Oscar Sundquist has found his way back. He's looked great in training camp. You know, Alexei uh, Torpchenko is expected to take another step. And, you know, he plays exactly the way Craig Berube loves to see his guys play, with a lot yeah. of pace, you know, physicality. You know, you talk about getting in on the forecheck. You know, that's his game. So, you know, this team has an identity on the fourth line that they probably, you know, were missing last season. They didn't have that. But they always seem to have it when this team had a lot of success. You know, even going back to the days when they had, you know, Scotty Upshaw and company and, and you know, Brodziak and some of these guys, you know, who obviously, you know, thrived in that role. You know, you had that with Sunquist and Barbashev, obviously, when they, when they won the Stanley Cup. They had Alexander Steen slide down there who kind of helped solidify that line. But make no mistake, that line was carried by Sunquist and Barbashev. And both those guys, you know, scored 14 goals in the regular season the year the Blues won the Stanley Cup, primarily playing a fourth-line role with almost no power play time whatsoever. I mean, that's a lot of goals, a lot of offense in your fourth line. So, you know, you hope those guys are going to be able to, you know, be complementary scorers who can take some of that burden off of the shoulders of Thomas and Kyrou, where they don't have to be the same guys every single night, along with Bucinavich, who, you know, you talk to some people in the organization, they, they believe Bucinavich can score 40 goals in this league. He's been a 30-goal scorer since he's come over. Uh, he kind of has that pass-first mentality, but if he de- uh, develops more of a little bit of a unselfish mentality and more of a shooter's mentality, uh, maybe he can approach 40. But, but they've got guys who can put the puck in the net. The question is, do they have enough? And you look at it on paper with with Jakob Barana too. You know, who scored a couple of power or a couple of, uh, of goals in, a, in the most recent you know preseason game. Scored 10 goals in 20 games after coming over last season. This guy's played a lot of big games in his career. He, too, is a Stanley Cup winner with the Washington Capitals, a former first-round pick for a reason. He brings world-class speed, 
and a world-class shot. This guy can really shoot the puck. He's not the most, you know, polished player defensively, but he can certainly get it down in the offensive end. So, yeah, you need big-time production from Thomas and Kyrie. There's no doubt. And they're capable of being point-per-game guys. I, I, I think a guy like Thomas is capable of putting up 90 points. I really do. And I think Kyrie is certainly capable of putting up 40 goals. And they're going to be playing a lot together. So if, if they can, you know, establish themselves as true elite offensive players in this league, which I think they are, it's only going to help this team and give them a chance to get back in the playoffs. Hey, Andy, this is Dylan. Hey, Andy, this is uh, Dylan. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, so with preseason going on right now, we've been able to see a lot of our younger prospects get some pretty solid ice time from Zach Bolduc to Nikita Alexandrov, Tyler Tucker, and others. So I was just wondering, with you being able to be at training camp in person, if there's any prospects in particular that have stood out to you. Well, yeah, and they've got some good ones who aren't even here. You know, led by Dalibor, you know, Dvorsky, who was taken, you know, 10th overall in the most recent draft. Yeah. Uh, Theo Linsing. I mean, they, they had three first-round picks, right? So you've got some, some more talent on the way. All three of those guys aren't here in camp. They're playing over in Sweden, all three of them. But, you know, Zachary Bolduc has really stood out. You look at his speed, his natural offensive ability. He can really shoot the puck, which is hard to teach and coach. You know, he scored a lot of goals, obviously, in the Quebec League. And, and they expect it to, to translate over here to North America, or excuse me, to, uh, to the American League, where he's probably going to be this season. Maybe he gets some call-up games, but, you know, he, he, without question, factors into their plans, you know, moving forward, you know, in the organization, you know, barring an unforeseen trade or whatever, but he's an asset they have in the organization. You know, Zachary Dean is another one who had a great playoffs playing in the Quebec League, who you know, kind of as a bottom six guy. And, you know, he's a little further away than I think maybe some people expected. You know, we had to have a chance to see him up close because he was a draft pick and property of the Vegas Golden Knights. He came over in the barbershop trade, and he was only able to get on the ice for a couple of days during the prospect camp because of an issue with his equipment that wasn't here. So, you know, they got Snuggerud, obviously, who's on the way. He's not here in camp. So a lot of the, the top prospects for the organization aren't even here right now. But there's no doubt that, you know, Zachary Bolduc has been the one guy who's probably stood out the most, and that's why he's played so many preseason games to date. This guy's been in the lineup the last three games for a reason. They want to see him, but he's also earned those games, which is huge for him. You go back to last season, if you remember how quickly he got sent back to, to junior. I mean, he didn't hang around a lot at yeah. all. I mean, for a while, they sent him back very, very quickly, and I think he got the message and I like how he handled it. You know, he played under Patrick Wall last year. He didn't go down there and sulk. He got to work right away and put together, you know, a great season that had him, you know, score 50 goals for the second straight season and have him, you know, put up over 100 points for a team that won the Memorial Cup. So, you know, he's got a bright future. And it's, it's, it's good to see him perform the way that he has this year versus what we saw a year ago. Last season, Andy, we we were told by Doug Armstrong that this team was starting a retool with obviously the goal to be, get back to being cup contenders. And I think there's still a few things that people have concerns with in order for that to happen. There's talks about what it's going to look like on the power play. There's talks about the trust, the confidence in Jordan Bennington. There's just also looking at the Central Division as a whole and seeing the talent that's there, how we fare with the rest of the division. With all that being said, I know you kind of talked about this a little bit at the beginning of our interview here, but what is the expectation really in your eyes for this team this season? Where are they in that step process to getting back to being 
that cup contender. How far away is that? Is that still a couple of these young prospects away? Is it the free agency market? A little bit of everything. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I wouldn't put them in the cup contender category just just yet. And like I said, you know, they've got a lot of elite talent that is that is on the way. That's not here yet. But you also have to let those guys season and develop and in terms of, you know, becoming impact NHL players, as we see with Bull Duke and, you know, Zach Dean, for example, you know, Tyler Tucker was a different, you know, animal. He was a seventh round pick. Still played a couple of years down in the American League, but he came in, you know, his first training camp, he made an impression, had a great rookie tournament in Traverse City, his first go around. And, you know, they've been patient with him. And, and now he's, you know, under contract with a one-way deal in the NHL. So, Listen, the, the goaltending situation with Hofer being here, he's another big-time prospect. I think he's the real deal. I think he's capable of carrying the ball if needed, whether that means Bennington goes down or if he struggles or they just want to give him some rest. I think they have an option that they were probably missing last season. This is, this is much closer to what we saw when Billy Huso was here yeah. a couple of years ago, a legit NHL goaltender to play behind Jordan Bennington. You know, I don't think they make the playoffs a couple of years ago without you know, Billy Huso. So... You know, they've got a little bit of ways to go. I think now it's almost like baby steps. If they can find their way back in the playoffs, I don't think the division is overly strong, at least right now. You know, the top two spots are probably occupied by the uh, the two big dogs in Colorado and, and Dallas. But, you know, I think some people think that St. Louis can compete with Minnesota for that potential third spot in the division. But, you know, you look at the other teams there, with, you know, Chicago, obviously, in a rebuild. You've got Nashville. You've got Winnipeg. You've got Arizona. I mean, St. Louis should be right there with those teams and certainly be in position to truly fight for that third spot, if not a wild card spot, and at the very least play meaningful games in, in April and down the stretch and, and have a chance. You know, if they can give themselves a chance, I think that would certainly be positive but there's no doubt there's a lot of veteran guys on this roster who aren't looking at it, looking at it like that you're not going to convince Buchnevich and Cairo and Thomas and Shen all those guys Falk, Krug, you know Pareko, Bennington I mean, these guys fully expect this team to make the playoffs so it's not going to be easy but I'm going to enjoy seeing you know what kind of season they can put together Guys, we've had the pleasure to be joined by Andy Strickland on Twitter, at Andy Strickland, and then also the host of the Cam and Strick podcast. And we're looking forward to seeing you on Bally Sports Midwest all season long with the guys. Andy, thanks so much for joining us. Okay, anytime, fellas. I appreciate you calling. We'll talk soon. That was Andy Strickland, the St. Louis Blues rinkside reporter for Bally Sports Midwest. Follow him on Twitter at Andy Strickland. That is S-T-R-I-C-K-L-A-N-D. Boy, was that good, guys. That was good. That that was impressive spelling by you there, too. Yeah, you know. That was quick on your feet. No, it was really good. I thought it was interesting. I mean, he, he put it very plainly, and he wasn't saying anything that, like, man, is he right though about the demon? Oh man! Mm. Like I think I think like if if you look at the Blues roster and from a national perspective, why they're not putting them in a playoff hunt is because they don't trust the defensive core of the St. Louis Blues. Well, you can't blame them. No, you no you can't. Swiss I just cheese. I, but I love <laughs> I loved how interesting it was when he was talking about how you, you know this roster has the talent. It's what does it look like heading into the season? And there are big, there are big implications if this decor does not turn it around this season. There are big implications. So then, to piggyback off of that, Brandon, who is the D man that you think? And I, it may, it may be a not, it's not one because it has to be collectively the entire sure. group. But sure. 
which D-man do you think underperformed the most last year? Colton Perico. Oh, I was going to say Dylan was ready. Yeah. Hand no. raised. No, you wait your turn, Dylan. No! You always get to talk, Brandon. I want to talk. talk. You it. talk. It's hockey season. All right, fine. Dylan. I have but two words to say. I can't talk. I always talk. Go Nico, ahead, Nico Mikola. Oh, my gosh. That's why I wasn't going to let him You're talk. Right. Yeah, You're right. I'm in. Mute his mic. Let the adult step go, in. Go ahead, It's Colton Pareko, man, and here's why. It's not because everybody who wants him to play a heavy game should stop. He hasn't yet, and he won't. Okay, hmm. that's not his game. But what he is is he's a puck moving defenseman from his own zone, and he keeps it away from the front of his net when he's at his best. He was not at his best all of last season. That is rare to see from a player of his caliber. I mean, there were there were points earlier in his career where we were thinking, is this the next Alex Petrangelo? And and here's the thing. I mean, that that was unfair comparisons to what could be a future NHL Hall of Famer. But here here's what but I would that say. Was, it, that was what no, people were th- hoping for. I, it, it absolutely was. Colton Pareko is is the player where all the eyes are on him. I would also say a close second is Tori Krug. When you actually use your no trade clause, people have problems with it. Well, you brought up Tory Krug. I was going to argue that it was Tory Krug. And Interesting. it's not not necessarily that it matters. Sure. I think at the end of the day, they both have to be immensely better. Yeah. But I think that my concern with Tory Krug is like you said, because you know, Colton Pareko was the okay we expect now that Petrangelo's gone him to step into that role. Sure. But Tory Krug is the guy that we signed to Sure. You know, replace, I guess, in the uh, in the slot, I guess I would say, replace Alex Petrangelo. Not that anyone was expecting sure. the same sure, sure, game sure. or anything, but with the amount of money that you gave him, with the no-trade clause that you gave him, what he did last year was embarrassing. 63 games, 7 goals, 25 assists, 32 points in total. The plus-minus, you can't always go off of that. Negative 26, but... It just was not pretty any time yeah. that he was on the ice. Yeah, and, and and I get it. There's a level of two of wrestling with some injury and things of that nature, and that's always been – that's what we signed up for. He struggled with that in Boston. He struggled to stay healthy. The problem is is when you, when you pay a guy like that to step into that role, yeah, he's got to perform, and he hasn't. He hasn't, but at the same time <sighs> – the reason I would say he isn't the biggest piece is because he's always been an offensive defenseman. That's why I would say, to me, it's more of Colton Pareko I'm looking at because you need a guy that's going to slam the door shut, and to me, Colton Pareko has to come back to being that player. Dylan, do you think that Tory Krug could be playing with a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder after the rejecting the trade, uh, I guess with the whole no-trade clause thing this offseason, being thrown into a trade but rejecting to go to Philadelphia, do you think that that could cause him to play with a chip on his shoulder this year? I sure hope so. I think the guy's gotten a little bit of unfair hate, like you said. People get mad when you actually use your no-trade clause. He didn't want to go to Philly. I don't blame him. But, I mean, he's been banged up the last couple seasons he's been with us, and like you said, he we signed him to an eight-year deal and we brought him in to be that guy to quarterback our power play. And so... I think that he can have a bounce-back season this year. I'm looking forward to watching him. I I don't think the fan base should be turning on him the way that, that we have. Brandon, you also mentioned the power play quarterbacking and sure. the talk about is Perunovic going to be thrown in that spot. We've seen both of them. Yeah. We've seen both of them in that spot. Yeah. This preseason, and that's something I wish I could have. We could have had more time to talk with Andy about. There's always sure. there's going to be another opportunity. Always. We're definitely going to have him back on eventually. He was awesome. Yeah. But that is something that I would have liked to talk to him about is what is that role sharing with Perunovic and Krug? Because you don't oftentimes 
see a starting six defenseman with two guys that have that style on yeah. the defensive side, Brandon. Yeah, you don't. I, I, I think the Blues do are, are getting heavier up front, which helps, right? That's why you bring in Hayes. That's why you bring in Sunquist because they are heavier bodies. You have guys like Tucker coming up, who's a redwood. I mean, he's a six-two, two. 225-pound defenseman, he's he's going to step in there eventually. You still have Scandella on your books, who is also a big man, uh, who still makes it tough for forwards to get it in the zone and get around him. But it, it is rare, and, it, and it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Is it Perunovic is on that second power play unit? You still have a guy like Folk who has a ton of, of offensive upside and has proved it more honestly over the years. I, I It's interesting, too. I, I think the Blues, from their standpoint, too, this might sound a little harsh, but it's it's a good move for them because neither one of them have played a full season in a while. And so you have the opportunity, if if one of them goes down to injury, to step up. And and even even if it's a serious injury, I mean, the NHL has the long-term IR where sure. it doesn't count against your cap if they're out for a certain amount of time. I don't know. I I, I don't think uh, – I've seen some things where it's like, you know, well, Krug still could be on the move this preseason, maybe early in the season. I don't see that happening. I think this is the team we're rolling with heading into the season. So we've we've thrown a lot of numbers at you all. You've heard from Andy Strickland as well. And, guys, we've we've talked about the decor, I think, long enough. We're just going to have to wait and see how the start of the season looks. Let's, let's begin to talk about what are the expectations. So let's put oh, this all together. How do we put a bow on this thing? When you look at the Central Division, it's interesting. We know where Chicago stands. We know where Arizona stands. Um, Chicago, I know for some, that you know, well, it's the Connor Bedard show. They're still a year or two away. Okay, so let's take it easy there. We know the, who the two big dogs are. Okay, we know it's going to be Colorado and Dallas at the top, and then it's kind of this, this kind of this mixture of you got Nashville, who's who's young, but then they've added a veteran like Ryan O'Reilly. You have Minnesota, who is in a salary cap bind, but they've been able to sneak into the playoffs the past years. You have Winnipeg who was honestly surrounded by trade rumors all offseason long with guys like Shifley and Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. So where do where do you think, when you look at the Blues, where do we stand in the Central Division right now? Yeah, you talked about the glasses half full, or, or I believe you said glaff, uh, half full versus Thank half Thank you for empty. reminding me, Dylan. You're Appreciate welcome. that. I Love am that. not one of those half full people right now. I have, Coming off this Cardinal season, I am, a, and the last Blues season, I am as pessimistic as ever. I think... Unquestionably, like you just said, we can agree that in the Western Conference, there are there's a clear top four. There's the Avs, the Stars, and then Oilers and the Knights. Do we agree those are the top four in the Western Conference, would you say? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then there's the teams that we can automatically count out. There's the Coyotes, there's the Ducks, there's the Sharks, and the Blackhawks. So that means there's that leaves 12 teams competing for eight spots, okay? So I don't think we're a top three in the Central Division. I think we're having to compete for a second wild card spot at best. I think... Eighth seed or bust is what we're looking at this season. So we have to beat out the Predators, the Jets, the Canucks, and the Flames. Okay? I don't think we can beat out all four of those teams for a second wild card. I'm hmm. predicting we're missing the playoffs. We're getting 10th in the conference. Interesting. Wow. Bruby Prediction. gets fired as much as I would hate to see Holy it. Holy smokes. Hold on. Hold on. So do you actually think Bruby's going to get fired if we don't make the playoffs? I was looking at an article on The Athletics that he's the second most likely coach to get fired behind uh, the Ottawa coach. I don't, I don't like that one bit. Wait. 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 When you say you don't like it, do you mean that you don't agree or you're uncomfortable with the thought of it? I'm saying I don't, I don't like I, 
I'm saying I don't agree with you. I okay. love Chief. I hope it doesn't happen. I think that was clickbait from you. I think that's what that was. <laughs> I read the athletic article. All right. hey, what plug I, in the athletic? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the athletic. Yeah, how much uh, are you getting any incentives from those? Uh, JR, <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy Rutherford's giving some incentives there. Ethan, what do you, what do you think? Where do, where, when you're looking at the Central Division, where do we stand? This is kind of tough because right now, first off, from doing a little bit of looking through just some different you know websites, predictions, the Blues sure. I have seen anywhere from third to sixth in the Central. Yeah. Yep. Which just goes to show you how close it really is, yeah, it is. between the Blues, the how, Predators, how the bad. Jets, and the Wild. I mean... I would say how equally mediocre. Yeah, fair enough. I well, think that's a better way to describe yeah, fair it. Enough. And if you look at the core of all of those teams, I mean, those winning windows have been open for a while. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what's happening in Winnipeg. Their winning windows closing, and they know it. That's what happened for us last year. Us. That's what happened After to Nashville. And you look at Minnesota, and they have aging players. They continue to give out contracts to guys like Matt Zuccarello at 36. But <laughs> you, you just... We're kind of all in that same same area. Sorry, I interrupted you, Ethan. No, no, you're good. You, that was good. Good points made. So, thank you. I don't think that it's. I don't think that I'm gonna just kind of file through here because I think I'm actively processing this as well. Yeah, I, verbal I think, process. Hey, I think we're that, here to listen, Ethan. Hey, thank you. Do we want to sit and crisscross applesauce? No, I. Not, okay, in no. The all right. It's not gonna be Winnipeg. I don't think that they added enough. They lost too much. Pierre Luc Dubois is out. Blake Wheeler's out. I they added Ayafalo. I don't think that. They added enough to be that team this year. Sure, sure. I think that there's a good chance that some of those trade rumors are continuing to file in as yeah. the season goes on. Yep. I don't. I don't think it's Nashville. They lost Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson. Of course, they added Ryan O'Reilly and brought in Barry Trotz as the the GM. But yeah. I don't think that they're there yet. I really think that honestly, this is a battle the three and four spots between the Blues and the Wild. Yeah, I would agree. I'm hesitant to put the Blues magically ahead of the Wild at this point. I think that, you know, the one argument you could make is, well, the Blues have a little bit longer of a resting point. Maybe they're able to project themselves a little bit quicker at the beginning of the season. But Minnesota lost in the first round last year, so it wasn't even like it's that much of an advantage. Minnesota did acquire Patty Maroon. Boy, that's going to be weird to see him playing in a Wild. Wild Cup champions confirmed. (laughs) This is really close. Yeah, it, no, it is. This it, is really close between these two teams. The Blues didn't really lose much. Yeah. They they really didn't. Uh, the, I think that you're going to continue to see guys like Vrana uh, improve. I think that adding the physicality of Hayes and, and Sunquist is going to do more for this team than people think. I think that I think this is going to be really close. For the heck of it, I'm going to put the Blues at three. Wow. Come on now. How you like them apples, ham bone? Good luck. Here's the thing, Dylan. I here's I'm gonna tell you why I completely disagree with oh your entire boy. logic. Light him up. I think the blues down the middle look better. I I like Shin at center at our as our first line center. I like Thomas. I like Hayes. I like Sonny D. And so if you're looking, you have four centers. And if you're looking at Minnesota, they're rolling out Hartman, Joel Erickson Eck. Marco Rusi, who is is coming up through the system, and you like his game. I think the Blues have a more physical play, a more physical style. Yes, do they not have the speed that other teams have? But I do think that Minnesota and St. Louis do have a similar build. I just think we're better down the middle. I also do think if you look at our decor, man, if they can bounce back 
and you look at the depth that our decor has comparatively to the Wild, I like it. I like the split with Holfer coming up. I think he's going to be a solid backup. I think it's going to be a 50-30 split as far as game games okay. go. I have the Blues in the third third spot in the division. I think if they're in the Pacific or if they're in a different division, maybe I have a different story. You know, I respect your optimism. Sure. I will say that. Because I sense sarcasm. Full. I sense sarcasm. The way it worked two seasons ago, we had nine 20-goal scorers. We still had bad defense, but we also had good offense, so it led to high-scoring games. Last year, we didn't have the offense as much, still had the bad defense. Sure. What have we changed this year? You guys have both said we didn't lose a ton, we didn't gain a ton. Yes, Kevin Hayes. Yes, Oscar Sundquist. But I don't think we have a great enough offense to bounce back and accommodate for our horrible defense. I think that what Brandon talked about last year, and I think Brandon was just a year early on some of it, some of these guys that we have that are continuing to develop – I think that we see Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo step yeah. into even at a more elite Absolutely. level this year. Oh, I, I think that the big thing that we've mentioned in Kyrou the past with Cairo is it's very streaky. I think that we need to get that to and and honestly, you can you can probably look at that with the streakiness that he plays with and see that you know well we also played very yeah. streaky as a team. If he's our yep. main, if he's our leading goal scorer, still put up thirty seven this year. He still put up thirty seven. Yes. So I think that we see both him and Thomas take huge steps in their game this year. One thing that I will say, and, and you you heard me, guys. I'm very back and forth. I could see either one of these teams getting into the playoffs in the three spot. Don't you back out of your I'm pick, Ethan. No. The, I'm not backing back, out. Back, I'm back, not backing back. out. <laughs> Go on. I will say this. The Wild have one of the best systems, prospect systems, in hockey. Yeah. And I'm not familiar enough to know how much of that is going to affect this season. But I know some of those guys started making their way up last year. No, they are. So they are. That's going to be something to keep in mind as well. Be. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I. I, I hear you. I, I. I. agree with Ethan. It's going to come down to you need Kyrou and Thomas to both be thirty goal scorers. I think. Oh, that's, it needs to be more from Kyrou. Oh. It needs to be forty from Kyrou. Yeah. I, I. I hear you on Shoot that. Shoot the puck, Robert. And, and 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 I think I think you need you need guys like Booch Shin to be twenty five goal scorers. Yep. Easy. Easy. I look at this team and see it, see a chance, see an opportunity to have six or seven 20 plus goal scorers on the team. And that's, I think that's where I differ from Dylan is I think we do have the opportunity to put the puck in the net. But again, I, I don't see that as our main problem. I see defensively where do we stand, and I, I, I've liked how we've looked even so far in the preseason. You've seen different things on the PK that they've tried, and I'm excited to see how it works out. That sounds like a pretty good wrap up thought from Brandon. Dylan, final thoughts. Yeah, I just have one last thing to say. I've been crunching some numbers over here. Ooh, yeah. the engineer major folks. I thought that I heard some crunching going on over there. I just I couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, he was over there going hard on the typewriter. Go for it. In 12 seasons with David Perron on the roster. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were fourth. This is what you've been doing the whole time? Oh, my goodness. I didn't goodness. finish it, but we're I going with it. And three, 439 and 392, including overtime, made the playoffs 8 out of 12 times, no. a Western Conference appearance, a Western Conference title, and a Stanley Cup. No. Without David Perron, one Western Conference appearance, which no. we lost. End of story. He was the first time I know. You better call this show quits. I'm about to jump over the desk, Ethan. Bring him back for $80 million Send us a to a wrap. I need him back on the power play. <sighs> Season's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. I don't even know how to wrap up an episode <laughs> after that. Thank you, Andy Strickland, for joining us. Yeah. Much appreciated. Dylan, I don't even want to speak to you. Where can people find us on social media? You can find us at loose sports talk underscore on Instagram, on Twitter, a.k.a. X now, I guess, and uh, Facebook. And I don't know if you're even listening, but shout out to Mr. Richard if you are listening. 
Okay. All right. Don't know what that was about, but we'll uh, leave it at that. Okay. Also, shout out to Walt. We haven't done <laughs> yes, that since season one. Walt. Season one shout out. Yeah. All right, boys. All right, have a good one. That's a wrap.